Blog Talk Radio. Let's get it going. Malakalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Malakilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Malakilikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Okay, Mike, I can already tell that you are going to get gonged or you're going to get buzzometered like way early in this show. I've got I'm, my hand is on the trigger. It's going to happen. Yeah. This is a special Christmas slash into the world slash Maui show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Friday Night Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football, and as always, yes, we're joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, we are here live in beautiful Lahaina on the island of Maui. It's 78 degrees, absolutely gorgeous day. We're headed back to the beach after the show, maybe capping it off with a luau tonight. In the most exciting week of the year for us, we're living vicariously through our owners this weekend. We're excited for them and for the Red versus Blue listeners who need this week to cap off their season but Mike, I'm excited for for the show, and I'm excited for you in your uh, in your leagues this week. Well, thank you, Scott, and I hope you enjoy your time there in Hawaii. Uh, I gotta admit, I'm jealous. Uh, you guys have a great time, man. It's got it's got to be awesome. Uh, I've never been there. I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of places uh, in the Caribbean and things like that, but I've never been to Hawaii. So you guys enjoy your time. Uh, and just enjoy everything about it. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting week. Uh, it's going to be an exciting week for me uh, personally uh, with the uh, Kentucky uh, uh, State League, and uh, and it's good. 
there's a lot of a lot of other implications that are going on. I mean, there's going to be a lot of different leagues that are uh, coming down to this week. So this week, uh, hopefully, we can help you make a uh, make a difference in your league. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. This is the Red versus Blue Friday Night Football Show, sponsored by Corona. Miles away from ordinary, Corona making a difference in Maui tonight. Uh, we are streaming live on the Fantasy Sports Channel, FSC.FM. We also stream live on iTunes, so you can download to your podcast or your MP3 player. Our guest tonight is Ian Ritchie, co-founder of the Fantasy Football World Championship. We're going to bring him in in just a minute. And uh, the, Red Blue, uh, the Red Blue Radio chat room, the crew here at Red vs. Blue, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football Code Crackers in there, Fantasy QB, Henry Muto, Road Warrior, Wayne Ellis, Electric Relish. They're jumping in now. It's going to be a good, good show. Okay, Mike, we've got uh, one hour to do this. We've got a lot to get to. It is week 16. We cannot make mistakes. But I want to talk to you real quick. You've always been this anti-defense guy, and week after week, these defenses keep showing up. You think defenses don't matter. So what do you think? Do you think we should do away with defenses in fantasy football or minimalize them more than what they are right now? No, absolutely. I don't think we should do away with defenses at all. I don't think we should spend much time talking about them. Uh, my Cincinnati defense last week got me 21 points. I mean, I'm ecstatic about that. But should we spend much time talking about defenses on a show like this? Absolutely not. So do away with them? No. Do we spend much time talking about them? Absolutely not. Well, that is uh, from Mike Trent here. Championship week here on Red vs. Blue and all fantasy leagues across America. We're excited about the Fantasy Football World Championship and all of the high-stakes leagues that are out there. Uh, we got a question on Facebook today. I'm sorry, this was email. This was emailed to the Red Blue Radio inbox. Do you bench your studs for any circumstance? The question is, we received this for tonight's show from the hook. Scott, listen every week, and I made the championship. Do I bench Aaron Rodgers for Tony Romo if there's snow? Thanks, and best of luck in your RT Sports Championship League. We will talk about that. Mike, I don't think you bench Rodgers if there's a little snow. It's Green Bay, right? I mean, Romo has a great matchup. It is New Orleans, but could you imagine Rodgers getting you to the championship and somehow you've got both these guys. I don't know how. And and then you decide at the last minute to put Romo in, who has been hot. So can you take your Dallas goggles off and your blinders and answer candidly here, Rogers? If there's snow, do you bench him for Romo? No, no, you can't do that. I mean, Rogers is the guy right now, and uh, why would you want to? I mean, would I mean conditions? Uh, albeit, I mean they might be a little tough, but. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, who's got a better run rushing offense? I mean, I think, uh, honestly, I think Dallas has a better rushing offense. Uh, I would not bench uh, Roma or, or... You would not bench Rodgers for Romo? No. Okay, all right. Well, let's bring on our guest from the evening, and we're going to ask him this question. This is Ian Ritchie, co-founder of the Fantasy Football World Championship Number two world-ranked player uh, by FootballDieHards.com. One half of Hawk and Roll, Mark Deming and Ian Ritchie. Ian, welcome to the show, Bubba. Hey, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's been a while. It has been too long, my man. And uh, this is the live Red versus Blue show from Maui. 
It's good to have you here and, and spend some time with you and your family, man. It's been absolute blast. Let's talk about this. Uh, as a high stakes player, you've been playing for years and, and done well in a lot of these in the contests. Do you bench Aaron Rodgers if there's snow, or do we have to talk about six inches of snow for you to bench Aaron Rodgers for a Tony Romo? He's got a great matchup. It's the same. Yeah, you know, I, I that particular matchup, I, I don't bet I don't bet Rodgers for for anybody. I, I made the mistake a couple years ago of falling for the whole snow thing on a on a New England game. And I benched Wes Welker because of all the snow, and you know, and then he just absolutely went crazy. And you know, I, 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 I wouldn't do real well with myself if I if I benched Rogers and and, and he had a big game and Romo laid an egg for me. Uh, I don't think I'd be able to sleep very well, so I, I wouldn't do that one. But you know, look, he, at, at certain times, I mean, and, and no one needs me to name them, but you know, I mean, I have no trouble benching Fitzgerald this week. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, and the reality is Fitzgerald's one of those guys you'd rather not have on your roster. Right, because if he's on your roster, you look at his name every week and you think, "Oh my God, how do I not start Larry Fitzgerald?" You know, and, and I, I've had conversations with guys in high stakes for years about, you know, you, you're almost better off cutting a guy like that just so you're not tempted every week to start him. And oh. uh, you know, so there's there's certain guys, but I wouldn't be benching Rogers. I uh, I totally agree. I think a lot of times we play up these matchups way too much and we make them bigger than they are, and the player is still the player. It's Aaron Rodgers. A couple inches of snow. He you know, in my blizzard situation, maybe maybe he's not going to put up more than 200 in a touchdown. But I think I'm going to live or die with him because, like you said, the, the emotional element is so big in fantasy, man. If you make the wrong call in one week, the next week you're trying to double back. And, and sometimes you make the wrong call again just because, you know, you're so stubborn about it. So That's right. totally agree with that. We have a question for you in the chat room, Ian, from Codecracker, Rich McClellan. Ask Ian if he's wearing his worn number four Favre jersey. <laughs> Oh, you know, I put it on about 20 minutes ago just for the show, so the answer to that would be yes. <laughs> Rich uh, that's pay. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten to wear it very much this year. I wear it on Sundays, and but, uh, you know, I I, have very – we'll get into my teams in a little bit. I don't have a lot going this year. My my big team is my, my team with my 9-year-old son, so that's, that's what I root for each week. <laughs> uh, we definitely want to talk about that. Uh, yeah. A little background – uh, for Mike, uh, or for you, Ian, last week, Mike and I had a bet. It was Kaepernick mm-hmm. versus Romo, and uh, we, we, we laid it on the line, and it was uh, it was a close game. Mike, you had me right up until the very end when Kaepernick made that uh, that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romo was Romo was a good play, but Kaepernick got you, dude. I just got to say that, that you, you ended up on the wrong side of the coin again, bub. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, it was just one of those things. I'm not... I'm, I'm still going to uh, not be a believer in Kaepernick right now. I, I think that he'll he'll lead that team really uh, really well. But uh, you know this this week is going to be a, a real test again for him. So it, it's going to be tough tell. I, I want to go off the beaten path a little bit, uh, Ian, because that game mm-hmm. Sunday night could decide our first world champion in the SFWC, Seattle and San Francisco. And so there's a couple of players there that obviously have an impact in that series. One is Marshawn Lynch. He's the guy that's up there near the top. And then um, another player is, uh, I think it was the, I think it was the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Seahawks defense that has been so huge. So how do you see that game shaping up? I mean, last time it was a 13-7 game. Seattle couldn't do anything. The San Fran defense is still San Fran. The only thing that's changed is the offense. For San Francisco, and now Ka- Kaepernick's at the helm. You know, look, I've been real impressed with Kaepernick. 
I mean, I, I think it goes along with the theme of the other quarterbacks that are a little mobile and they can buy a little more time, and, and he obviously throws a nice ball. And I mean, look, you know, Alex Smith didn't really seem to me. I mean, he knew how to to use Vernon Davis. But I think Kaepernick's finding some other weapons there, and, and he's been great. You know, I think Seattle's defense has been amazing. I think, you know, if if, if Matt Bailey wins, I, I think he needs to go out and buy a Seahawks jersey. You know, he, he needs to buy a Browner or a Sherman or a, you know, he needs – he needs some sort of jersey for the Hawks because they, they've been amazing. And I'm really happy the NFL switched that game to Sunday night because I think it would be real disappointing for a lot of fantasy guys with the, with the San Diego Jets game that night. And I don't think everybody wants to watch that. You know, so I'm really happy they switched that game. And, uh, and to have it come down to, you know, my favorite team, the Seahawks, against the Niners, I, I'm really excited to, to have that game decide things. And uh, Seahawks, Seattle's been playing so well, so well, surprisingly so well. And uh, you know this is this is a real opportunity for them and a real you know learning experience for Russell Wilson. So uh, I think the Seahawks uh, can come up and really play a tough game and have a really good opportunity to win this football game. Mike, did he just put a did he just put a dig on my Jets? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to jump in. Uh, you know that uh, that Seattle uh, uh, first off their team is. Is awesome and, and their defense is outstanding and their home field advantage. Uh, have you seen a game in uh, Seattle? Oh yeah, you know I, I live I live outside of Seattle. I, I I attend you know a decent amount of games and and they built that stadium a certain way. And uh, Paul Allen's a very smart guy and they they built that stadium a certain way. So you know the noise really goes you know towards the visiting bench. All the inclement weather, all the rain, all the crappy weather uh, goes towards the visitors bench. They've really built themselves a, a, an amazing home field advantage, uh, and so it, it and it gets so loud. And uh, you know, I I went to an Oakland Raiders game um, when uh, God, it must have been I don't know, probably ten years ago, and and it was probably the meanest crowd I'd ever been around until these now Seahawks games. And uh, you know, these Seahawks games, you got to be honest, you got to be careful now if you're rooting for the team. People are getting pretty hard out there, and and it's a it's a real big home field advantage. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch those games. Really loud. They have the uh, the loudest twelfth man. I know they always sell it as that. We have a question from the chat room for Ian. Uh, who do I start, Eli or Flacco for big money? This is old cracker. So we're gonna look at that matchup real quick. Eli is playing at Baltimore, and Flacco is mm-hmm. playing the Giants. And so this is a home game after Baltimore just got whipped, and the Giants just got whipped. It's two teams that have. Uh, are on the um, downside of things and they're trying to get back into this game. How do you see that game shaking out, and which one would you start? Oh, well, you know, I I, I do a fault kind of ride guys too long, but I, I think I've seen enough of, of, of Eli for a while. I'm not sure what's going on there, and I, I, I just have not been impressed at all all season. He's had a few games, but, man, the number of throws he's been missing, and I, you see guys breaking open, and he's missing throws, and, and I'm just surprised. And Flacco seems to be really good at home. You know, you're real trustworthy at home as a quarterback and, and not on the road. So I'd feel more comfortable starting the home quarterback there. He's got a good history at home. And he normally has his good games there and, and poor on the road. So I'd I'd lean a little bit toward Flacco. Man, he makes me real nervous. I mean, I, I don't know how many points he had last week, but he really threw up another dog against a, uh, you know, in a good opportunity game for people. So I, I would trust Flacco more at home. Mike, what do you think? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Eli this time. Uh, Flacco is definitely better at home. His stats prove it. Uh, when he's on the road, he's he's pretty horrific. 
this is the time that the Giants show up. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I would, uh, as a matter of fact, one of my quarterback sleepers is uh, Eli Manning because of uh, Baltimore's uh, secondary. They're very suspect right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old in that game is 47. So I think he, either quarterback has an opportunity to perform. But I think the bottom line is that Eli Manning is going to be able to perform a little bit better than Flacco fantasy points because I think I think Ray Rice is going to have a lot to do with that. Yeah, the running backs uh, have had down weeks lately. Ray Rice and then David Wilson had a – he was kind of taken out of the game last week. It wasn't mm-hmm. that he was having a bad game. He looked good, but they just took him out so early he wasn't able to make the impact. And, Mike, they're, they're saying it in the chat room, you did act – predict that David Wilson would not be uh, one of the, the good starts last week. I don't know how you did it. It kind of came out in the right way. But this week I'm a little worried about Flacco. Torrey Smith is still not cleared, right? I mean, he expects to play, but yet he's still not practicing. And so I'm a little concerned that, you know, all you've got there is Bolden and a couple of Jacoby Joneses and maybe Dennis Pitta, which he's actually, when they throw to him, when, when Flacco trusts this guy, he's actually a very reliable target. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the problem with Pitt is that he just doesn't get enough targets. And now, you know, once he does get the targets, like last week, he puts up a monster. And so I have him in a lot of places. I paid oh. a lot of money for him, and, and he's he's burned me on many occasions. But he, he did. <laughs> well, what's the chances, uh, Scott, in the end of uh, maybe, you know, I mean, I threw up uh, almost 180 points last week, and Bowden got a zero, a goose egg on mm-hmm. me. Uh, what's the chances this week of uh, maybe they go back to Bowden this week? I, I think Bowden got shut down because they, uh, you know, after Torrey Smith went out, it was easier to switch the other corner onto him. And uh, and he got real frustrated toward that game. And, you know, to be honest, I, I'd start Flacco assuming Torrey Smith plays. But just to be clear, yeah, if Torrey Smith doesn't play, then then I would definitely go toward Eli in that, in that, in that quarterback matchup question if Torrey Smith's out. We are live on Red versus Blue, the special Maui show, uh, live from Maui, and it's beautiful here. The sun just set about 15 minutes ago. And, Shut up. Uh, this is the, uh, special, the special end of day show. If it's going to end, it's, gonna, it's got about another 20, 40 minutes to go on the East Coast. So uh, we are, we're here live, and uh, we just had another. Australia's one, doing pretty well. <laughs> another comment in the chat room. By the way, Henry Muto, shout out to Henry Muto. In our chat room, he's number uh, two. He has two teams in the online championship for the NFFC. 1,872 teams in that thing. A $100,000 grand prize. He's got a number two and a number eight team in there. Mm, Knock it down, Henry. Uh, We're rooting for you there. Facebook question posted this week. Start one. We're going to start with you, Ian. Reggie Bush or Stephen Ridley? Stephen Ridley plays against the Jaguars. Reggie Bush against Buffalo. Talk about that matchup and what you would do if you had that question. Oh, I, you know, I, I, I think Ridley's a lot more trustworthy, and uh, it, and you really can't go wrong thinking, you know, now, hey, I'm going to start Ridley. He's real trustworthy. This is, this is his kind of game. You know, Woodhead's was an anomaly last, anomaly last week because they had to throw a bunch. So this is this is really a Ridley type game uh, to pound Jacksonville, especially when they get ahead. They're not going to throw as much. I'll tell you, you know, it just little voice in my head that says, you know, those two fumbles last week, just uh, just don't want, I just want to make sure he's not going to be a victim of game plan. You know, I don't think anybody likes it necessarily when they fumble two times. And uh, so I just, I'm a little cautious, um, but I, I would start Ridley. 
Mike, Reggie Bush or Stephen Ridley? Totally agree. Stephen Ridley. Uh, you know, this game uh, it sets up for uh, New England to pounce and pounce early. And then uh, what they need to do is just uh, ball control, and it's going to be uh, Stephen Ridley. Uh, on the other side of things, if, if you're looking for uh, Reggie Bush, uh, well, the over and under is a lot a bigger difference than uh, than the New England game. So uh, I would go with Stephen Ridley with no problem at all. Uh, fantasy QB, uh, Dom LaFerriere, was in Hawaii in October, never wanted to leave except on Sundays. When you have to get up at 5.45 a.m. to set your fantasy lineup. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we were, I was on ESPN earlier today, and Ridley was the uh, my starting uh, running back. Because I think, we, when we look, at FF Toolbox, we get hundreds of requests, you know, literally a day on running back matchups. And, and so I had two for the listeners. And as bad as things were last week for Ridley, uh, we do like him a lot this week. You know, I, I know that Belichick really puts uh, the demands on the players, and if you fumble, you, you're you're on the pine. You know, you're on the bench. But, you know, when, when people know looked at that game, they know that Woodhead is in there for third downs and for mm-hmm. passing situations. And when they're behind, they're going to use Woodhead. But in a game like this, it really does set up perfectly for Ridley, and I think they're going to give him another shot. They have to get back into playoff mode and winning ways and pounding an opponent. And I think that's what they want to do. They're really going to try to do that in week 16 and 17, heading into the playoff, maybe get the bye, try to get that bye back from Denver, who has it right now. So I, I kind of see this as a Ridley day. But, you know, hey, Reggie Bush, I think like Ian said, you know, Reggie Bush has a higher ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. Five or Absolutely. Six, guy, maybe a 50-yard burst. He can break one out, especially against Buffalo. Great matchup. So I think if you're looking for the floor, you take Ridley. If you're t- looking for the high ceiling and you have a lot of points to catch up, and you want to get yeah. into a higher prize bracket, mm-hmm. then you can play well, Reggie Bush. You know, Scott, that that goes back to where, what we talked about last week. Uh, if you're way behind the points and, you know, you need a bust-out player, you need somebody that's going to either get you two or three points or get you 23 or 24 points, <laughs> uh, that that'd be your guy. All right, 347-324-5404 is the number. If your fantasy season is over, it doesn't have to be immediately after week six, uh, 17. We will be holding playoff draft week at ftoolbox.com. Very exciting for us. I'm, we're going to be doing three red versus blue shows that week. Never never done before. 10K grand prize. One in six teams will triple up and win $600. One in six teams win 600 bucks. 12-man rosters, six-team leagues, one-minute timer, FFToolbox.com. Click the playoff banner. You still have time to get signed up. We do expect a big rush after these Week 16 games. There was a big flurry today. Uh, like another 15 teams signed up today. So pretty exciting for that contest. Uh, Ian, before the show, we had a conversation real quick about mm-hmm. um, about the regular season. And one of our players uh, is, that's in the FFWC, Stephen Japinka. Uh, mm-hmm. He is. He was the he is in the money for he could win the FFWC and he could take down a major contest in the NFFC. Wow. Uh, we haven't seen this happen before where a guy hits two in the same year and he was the regular season leader in the NFFC and then kind of fell apart and then you know you you thought about the regular season leader when you were forming the FFWC. Uh I always I was always fascinated by that conversation. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, <laughs> We we asked lots of questions to a lot of players about 
different things they like, don't like, and, uh, you know, rules, and, and we tried to really listen. And one thing that we got a few times, and it really stuck in my head, uh, thinking back to my own experience even, was that the, uh, the most underappreciated accomplishment was finishing first in total points over 13 weeks, uh, well, 13 weeks for our contest, um, and 11 weeks and others, and 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 that's a, it's an amazing accomplishment. And and you know, Mark Deming and I did it at the WCOF back in I think it was 07, and it was amazing. I mean, what a feeling! And 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 you feel it's an amazing accomplishment, and it really isn't, to be honest, about the money uh, at that point. It you just felt like it was an accomplishment that needed to be rewarded. And to be honest, we're very proud this year. We, we felt very fortunate that that uh, OC Fiat. Uh, gave us a fiat this year in exchange for some advertising space. And we could do anything we wanted with that fiat. There was no restrictions. Right. And, you know, again, we asked all the players. We put it out on the message board, and we asked people, you know. And, and you know, look, <laughs> were we tempted to come up with some way that, you know, hey, this could make us more money, right? right? Oh, hey, how can we get more money out of this fiat? You know, it can be a side contest. And, you know, <laughs> to be honest, and I give credit, and he reminded me, it's uh, Matthew Falco from Rotable, and he and I talked about it. And you know what? It just seemed like a perfect fit. And we thought, you know what? Uh, we want to raise the bar for that prize. We we, we think that accomplishment is, is, is absolutely, you know, extremely difficult to do, as everybody knows. And to be able to give that person the keys to a Fiat this year, awesome. And, you know, OC Fiat really stepped up to play for us, and we appreciate it. To be honest, I'm not trying to give them a shameless plug, you know. Um, right. But we appreciate their support. And when businesses support our industry and help us give pricing like that to the players, they deserve our appreciation and to be mentioned, to be honest. And, and we're really, really happy to Corey Gardner a fiat this year. And, and I can't wait to see him jiggling the keys, getting in that thing and driving off. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm really proud of that. And, and, uh, and I'm really happy for Corey that he won that. And, you know, and, and I don't think we did a great job of, of – of advertising it, and, and I think you mentioned to me, Scott. As funny as this sounds, a few weeks before the end of the season, Corey didn't even know that he was about to, that he, he had an opportunity to win a Fiat. Right. You know, um, which which tells me something. My God, well, uh, but we're really excited to be able to give that that prize out, and, and we think that we're raising the bar for that regular season prize, and and we're going to continue that tradition next year. So. You know what? Uh, that's funny, Ian. Uh, I, I just want to jump in real quick because uh, yeah. I, I looked at Rachel, uh, my co-manager in, uh, in in a lot of leagues, and I I said, you know what? We're uh, we're 27 points from uh, being number one in uh, in a league, and and she looked at me and she said, you know what? I just I just want to win it. You know, I, I said, well, there's X amount of money in first, X amount of money in second, X amount in third. And she said, mm-hmm. I just want to win. I, I just want to win. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it, it kind of rang through, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to win those prizes. When the, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun to say, hey, you know what? We're pretty good. We're legit. We, we, yep. we can – Step up and be uh, pretty good with anybody in the fantasy uh, football world. It's fun. Absolutely. No, no, no question. Right. And, uh, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, we. It's interesting. As I, uh, like I said, we, we, the reason why I brought that up is because Stephen Japinka has a top team in two of the main events, and we've been waiting for somebody to kind of say, "Look, I'm the best," and 
you know, you got a guy that wins over here in this circuit and a guy that wins over here in this circuit, and there's still really no resolution. So, you know, somebody that wins two in two different scoring systems, two different formats, two different whole competitions, you could kind of, I mean, if that ranking system doesn't put that guy at the top for this year, you know, yeah. it's a major accomplishment. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to add, he was, he was the regular season leader in the NFFC and fell apart. But then in the classic, the NFFC classic, he's mm-hmm. number eight and only 30 points out. Now, Oh, wow. Tad Turner is number two in the Classic. He also plays in all of them. He's number two. He could knock down another one. Uh, but Japinka being only 30 points out, Steve is there, and he's also in our top three. Uh, Going to be interesting to see if he can do that. Uh, but, yeah, Corey Gardner uh, winning the car, uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania player, and uh, he has a chance as well. He's in the top ten. So you know, be, real quick, for, for, for yeah. Steve and Japinka to be in, to be in those positions in, in the different events is just awesome. And you know, that, yeah, that, you know, we've seen it a few times in the last handful of years where where, where people finished up the top, uh, either multiple teams in the top ten. I think Kimra did it once. I, I think, uh, uh, geez, uh, what's his name? Uh, gosh, uh, I'm not going to give him his love here. I can't remember his name. But you know, he did it a couple of years ago, and he's done real well in the FPC event that the FFPC puts on, um, and 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 had a couple of great years and, and finished at the top. You know, and, I, and I'm just amazed. When when people are able to do that, because the drafts happen so differently, and it's difficult to have the same core guys on teams to carry teams, and when you can do it in multiple leagues, in multiple draft positions, uh, it, it's just real impressive. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, I mean, it's hard to do in one, much less right, it is. two, three, and just uh, keep on doing it year after year. I mean, that that mm-hmm. that's really impressive. I, I think you were talking. Were you thinking about David Hubbard? Is that who you were going to say? Hubbard, yep. That's that, thank you, thank you, David Hubbard. Absolutely. And 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 he, you know, his team's come to mind from a few years ago. And I just remember how thinking how just awesome that was and how amazing it was that he did that year. So yeah, David, thank you for that, Scott. Yeah, I, it just kind of resonated there. That's I, I bet that's who you were thinking. We're going to take some phone yep. calls and we're also going to do our trust or bust segment again, sponsored by FFToolbox.com. This is where we announce a player in. We talk about them, whether they, if they were hot in week 15, we want to know, do you trust them again in week 16? And then also we have our cold players in week 15. Do you trust All them? Right. This, it's called trust or bust. So we're going to start off hot in week 15. Russell Wilson versus San Fran kind of mentioned that name already. Mike, trust or bust? Damn. Uh, I got to go trust. I, I'm going to go trust with uh, Russell Wilson. Uh you know, he just continues the momentum. Uh, San Francisco is a very tough defense, but uh, I still say that uh, this kid and this young man can show up uh, with uh, 24 points against San Francisco's defense, and it's going to be uh, probably two via the air and maybe one ground. Yeah, he is uh, It's one of the hottest players in football, Ian Russell Wilson versus San Fran. It's your Seattle, hometown Seattle team, trust or bust team in the championship. Yeah, he's my home guy, hometown guy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm starting to trust him, to be honest. I think with Justin Smith dinged up and slowed and questionable, I think that hurt San Francisco a little bit. And Russell Wilson playing great, so I, I, I trust him. And I, uh, I'm going to go off the beaten path here. He is on fire. And in this game, look, it was last time, week seven. We remember that game. It was 13-7. Wilson didn't look like the same type of quarterback that he looks like now, obviously. But that San Fran defense, you have to give this team credit. They're the, probably the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And 
I just think that if you have him, you're probably not forced to start him because you probably took him later. And there's a lot of guys I like better this week. I like Sam Bradford, Andy Dalton, Matt Schaub. Mm-hmm. These are guys that I think will have big weeks this week, in addition to all the studs that are out there. But if you have Wilson, I, I would try to put one of those guys in there this week because of the matchup. This is the time I say I bust him in the championship. Let's move on. Dennis Pitta versus the G-Man. I'm going to start this one off with him. It was another name that came up earlier. Big week last week. Do you trust or bust him for uh, week 16? That's for Ian. I, I'm going to go with uh, – Go ahead, Mike. You're, you're right, Ian. I'll, I'll go, go ahead, ahead. Mike. Uh, yeah, uh, Dennis Pitter, I mean, he is a touch-and-go type of guy, man. I mean, it just depends on the packages that they bring to him. Uh, this week, I don't think that the, I don't think that the packages are going to work. Uh, I want to bust Dennis Pitter. Dennis Pitter. Dennis Pitter. That was right. Dennis Ian. <laughs> well, assuming Torrey Smith's back, I say bust. If Torrey Smith's out, then uh, then Pitt sees a lot of balls, it seems to me, and uh, did on Sunday. So if Torrey Smith's back, I say bust. And if Torrey Smith's out, then then uh, then I say you can trust him. And I'm going to make him a trust for me strictly because I have him in two championship leagues and I have to have a big performance, and I'm not going to root against him. Purely emotional, not logical. Bradford, Sam Bradford at Tampa Bay, huge week last week. Really poured it on, and you could call it garbage time, but St. Louis started to force threes and outs, and they started to get the ball back, and he kept driving down the field, and he kept spreading the ball around. Bradford at Tampa Bay. Ian, we'll start with you. I, I say trust. I, I think Bradford's playing great. I mean, he did last week. Hammond Dole's back, and, and to be honest with uh it seems to me, you know, I haven't watched a lot of their games, but I, I, I've been watching and, and, and been noticing they've been dumping the ball to Stephen Jackson more, too, which I think helps him a lot. Uh, I think checking down when nobody else is open is good. So I, I think you'd certainly trust him. You know, I'd say the same thing you said when you were talking about Wilson. You know, you, there, there may be guys you can trust more than you have in your roster because the reality is you probably took Bradford a little later. But if you're in a spot or he's your guy this week and, you know, your other matchup might be questionable, I think you could trust him for sure. Mike, Mike trust or bust? Uh, big time trust. Uh, I said it earlier in the show. Uh, that's one of my quarterback, quarterback sleepers. Uh, you know, Sam Bradford, uh, he, he improved, just like Ian said uh, last week. I mean, he improved big time. And I see I see a, the ceiling continues to increase for Sam Bradford. Uh, there's going to be a lot of wide receivers, Brandon Gibson, Danny Amendola. I mean, there's all kinds of things, all kinds of options that, that he's going to have, and he's going to be able to take advantage of it. So I trust uh, Sam Bradford this week. Brian Quick got a touchdown last week. Lance Kendrick seems to be coming on. The Bucks are dead last in the NFL. 310 yards per game, 27 TDs. So we're next to last. Uh, and this is a Bradford game. We do like Sam Bradford this week. He is a trust uh, across the board, all three of us. Two more trusts uh, or busts for hot players. Michael Crabtree versus Seattle and James Jones versus Tennessee. Ian, I'll give you your pick there. Crabtree or James Jones? Both interesting stories late in the season here. Uh, I'm off James Jones. I'd say bust there. And uh, Crabtree, I'm I'm gonna make this may surprise folks. I'm off Crabtree this week. I'm, I'm gonna say bust. I think the Seahawks are gonna do everything they can to stop Crabtree and let him throw to Manningham or try and find some chemistry with Vernon Davis. So. I think Crabtree is a, a, is a bust this week and a sit, and, and I think James Jones is a bust and a sit. 
Man, this feels like Crabtree's coming out party a little bit, Mike. Plus, James Jones, I know he made you a big leap in the Kentucky League, so I know what you're going to say about James Jones. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I agree with Ian as far as uh, Crabtree. I think it's a bust uh, because there's going to be a lot of the running thing going on. Uh, you know, I don't believe that. I don't believe in, the, in, in what's going on as far as uh, San Francisco. Green Bay. That was, uh, man, I'll tell you what, Scott, Ian, uh, the whole crew, I got text after text after text telling me that James Jones, touchdown, again, again, again. And I looked at Rachel today, I said, do you realize that James Jones only had five receptions and very few yards receiving? So, uh I can't bust James Jones right now because I really want him bad. I, I really want him uh, real hard. I'm looking at the over and under in that game uh, with Tennessee, and it's 44 and a half. So I'm going to bust uh, three and i got to trust James Jones just because I got to. I'm going to bust Crabtree again for those reasons about Seattle. Uh, although uh, you know they are they are a little bit depleted in their secondary, they do have the suspension, and then uh, their other guy Brandon Bolden or whatever his name is, he's he's going to play this week. Uh, but Crabtree is it seems like he is kind of turning the corner. Uh, so I, I do like him, but it is a very tough matchup. I think Seattle is going to try to key in on him, like Ian said. And then James Jones, this is a guy that Ian, I think in these playoff contests and like the one we're running, I don't mm-hmm. see. Uh, Rogers really likes this guy, and with Jordy out, and Cobb is kind of the the, the always doing everything. The the guy that's been getting out of work is James Jones throughout the year, and you know, he's a guy that Rogers likes to throw to, and he's never messed up with that number one or number two corner. And it's like mm-hmm. James Jones is right there on the fringe of being a number two, yet he's never been it. He's a great number three, and especially on a team that doesn't have great defensive coverage in the secondary, James Jones exploits it, and Rogers knows how to get him the ball. I like James Jones, and I, I'm making a prediction right now. James Jones will outscore Greg Jennings in the playoff contest. Everybody's going to draft Jennings because he's back and he's healthy, And uh, but there is not chemistry there. You can't just jump in after being out all year and doing commercials. Uh, you know, everywhere I look, Jennings is doing a commercial of some sort. I think James Jones is hungry, and it's his time to uh, make a difference with Jordy out. Now, before we get to the bust, we're going to go ahead and take a call from the 937. 937, you've been on hold for a while. I appreciate it. You're on uh, the air with Scott, Mike, and Ian Ritchie. Hey, Scott, Ian, Mikey, and Ian, it's Rich McClellan. How are you doing? What's going on? Hey. I, I, I have to ask right off the bat, Scott, what are you wearing in Maui that you aren't wearing in Indianapolis? <laughs> but, you know, I live in Ohio. I'm right across the way from you, and I don't want to tell you what the weather's like here. I got to know. I have yeah. never, I have never in my life buzzometered a guest, but tonight. I've never, never. Welcome to the fraternity. It's always been reserved for Mike. Rich, I applaud you, and I give you the credit to being the first guest ever buzzometered on Reverse. But what am I wearing? I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops, man. It's Maui, and 
beautiful there. So uh, that's what you do. We we the day we landed, Indianapolis got hit with their first snow, like anywhere from three to six inches, depending on where you live. So very fortunate that we hit the plane. That's right, and I do want to point out that I did ask about what Ian was wearing about the worn Favre jersey before right. I did you. So you are you are number one on the list. Ian is. All right, I have a question. I have a question. Uh, Ian asked. Ian answered my earlier question. We have Eli and we have Flacco, which is horrible, you know, in one decision. Now we have another decision in another league. Um, and I will affirm for Brandon Gibson. Okay. Law firm of Brandon Gibson. Pittsburgh's been very tough. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Very pivotal game. Mike, I know we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Brandon Gibson, a good matchup at Tampa Bay. What do you uh, What do you say first, Mike? Uh, I would go with uh, Brandon Gibson versus uh, the law firm. Whoa. Woo. Woo. I don't know if I can bench a starting running back, Rich. <laughs> It's a tough matchup. We already talked about overanalyzing the matchup. It is a tough matchup, but at this point in the game for a Brandon Gibson wide receiver, when Bradford does spread it around so much, it would be good if he keyed in on one player, but he spreads it around. Seven different receivers last week, and with Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, this becomes, I think, a matter of touches. Defensive game, yeah, for sure, but a running back in December, 20 touches maybe? I would have to start Ellis. What do you see? What do you think, Ian? Yeah. That's uh, that's a tough one. Uh, touches, I would go with Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. I, I think Pierman comes back a little bit this week, but Ben Jarvis been getting everything, and he's been doing great. He's even getting a couple catches, which he hadn't done before. And uh, you know, you take your chances when you when you got when you got AJ Green, and uh, you get some good bomb opportunities to him. Uh, you know, he gets knocked out of bounds inside the ten, inside the five a lot. Uh, you get some opportunities for some for some pass interference in the end zone on some bombs. AJ Green, you know, I, I don't see Ben Jarvis, you know, having 115 yards on 22 carries, but I think he got an opportunity to get a couple touch, at least to get at least get a touchdown, maybe a couple catches. So I would trust him more. He is a uh, he he does have an opportunity, not a good opportunity. Only nine touchdowns allowed allowed by the Steelers so far. But look at what he's done during, since midseason. He really came on during December, 62 carries, 314 yards rushing over the past three games, and just last Thursday night, a 100-yard performance at uh, at Lincoln. So, man, Rich, Ben Jarvis-Greenell, how could you think about benching him right now? Well, you know, we think about benching everybody. <laughs> so that's no big deal. Now, you know, this is the league where we're in the, uh, we're in the finals one-on-one in a bracket deal we were the number one overall seed. We, we, you know, obviously we have a good team, but that's the bad thing about having a good team is that you have to make these kind of choices for your yeah. final spot, and you don't know. Now I have a second question though. Um, what the hell with this playoff format thing? Six teams in a league. You, you're picking guys. You know, nobody knows what to do. So how should I have the slightest idea how to draft? So I'm I'm making Ian the bad guy here because he probably thought this up. So I want to know what should my strategy be for the playoff thing. You know, it, 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 that's that's a great question, and we we did some mock drafts with the playoff teams with uh, eight teams, and it started getting a little thin. And at six teams, it seemed about right. And you know, we just really believe in the draft, 
and we think that everybody really enjoys drafting. And so we came up with the concept of drafting for a playoff contest and thought people would like it a lot. You know, the regular season's over. People enjoy drafting. Uh, take less than an hour. You know, as far as strategy goes, it's tough to say. You know, there's, it, it, it's almost the same type of strategy you have in other events. You know, if you can get the, if you can get the wild card team players that you think are going to, you know, get that extra game in, you're going to want to draft those guys. You may want to load up on, on certain teams. You know, I, I kind of thought if I played in it and I had multiple teams, you know, I might lo- try and load up the draft uh, in my draft on, you know, each team I had, I would try and load up on a different team. Maybe it's Green Bay here. Maybe over here it's, it would be the Giants or Dallas or somebody um, that way. And, uh, and and look at the wild card teams. You know, the, the, the drafts are going to be difficult, and nobody's ever done it before. And so I think strategy is going to play an enormous part, and people really have to think through how they want to put their team together. But, again, I, to get back to it, I, I just think the draft is, is a lot of fun, and people really enjoy drafting instead of just kind of a pick 'em. And so uh, we wanted to give people the choice and the opportunity to draft again for the playoffs and bring strategy into it. So. What's more fun than to draft? What's That's more right. fun than to draft? I mean, to really do it, whether it's uh, you know live in person or or just on the internet. I mean, what's more fun than to do that deal? I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And it, let's face it, it's our last chance to do it until uh, you know probably uh, May or June before we go into uh, some uh, satellite mm-hmm. leagues. Hey, Rich, Rich, it's a really good question because I think everybody is kind of in the dark, and it's it's a first. It's a fantasy first for me to even try it and attempt it, and I think for all of us to say, wow, okay, we're actually going to draft. But and when you look at the format and you say, well, what do you want? I think still what happens is you want the highest scoring players, and so we, we attempted to do a mock draft, and I think it's a little bit too early because I kind of let it die down a little bit because we've been busy <laughs> paying out and everything. <laughs> but... <laughs> We, uh, we, we we decided we're going to pick it back up here after after Sunday, after everybody gets uh, settled in with Week 16. But it's interesting. The, the mock draft that we did, it started off Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning, first four picks. So four stud quarterbacks were gone in the first four picks. And then what you saw is the comments that I saw was, well, look, four teams have their quarterbacks. I can wait on my quarterback, and I'm going to get my stud player because I know I can get it later. I don't have to spend another pick chasing the run anymore. So they went Ray Rice, Arian Foster at the time, Mike Gustafson took Wes Welker, and then came back. The next guy took Marshawn Lynch. I think we probably flipped that now after seeing what Lynch has been doing. But mm-hmm. Welker is another Super Bowl guy. He'd be in the Super Bowl, so it's another thing. You have that element of how many games are you going to play versus how many – are you a wild card team or are you going to be in the finals? You know, How many games are you going to play? So – it was just interesting to see how that kind of shaped up. The top four picks were rece- were quarterbacks. And then, you know, the Manning owner paired up a guy with Demarius Thomas. So, again, they're going for the Denver connection. If they can get those Denver players in the bowl, your third-round pick, you might take another Bronco because your eggs are already in that basket. You're saying, look, I'm in it with Denver in this league, and so I'm going to draft it with Denver winning it all. So, really neat to see how this shakes out. If I was that team... I guarantee you I would take Decker with that third pick coming up in the third round. I would <laughs> I would lock down Manning, Demarius, and Decker. So it's a good question, Rich. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to watch these drafts. Well, I realize that uh there that, that the incentive to have multiple teams in ten ten is strong. But it makes me think from a strategy viewpoint, if you mm-hmm. looked at each team and you and you looked at each team and you first of all first of all decided 
which of the guys on those teams is the number one fantasy scorer Mm -hmm. in the system at his position? And then you made your projections forward based on that, then maybe that would give you some hint as to how things would pan out. But we both know that even if you know who scores the most fantasy points on each team, that it's completely predicated on how far they make it into the playoffs. And that's what I love about the unpredictability of it, is that you don't, you know, you have to be able to hit your playoff projections as Mm -hmm. well as your team projections. And that's an, an X times X algebraic equation. And that's wonderful to, to make it that complicated. Yeah, well, there's certainly a handicapping angle to it in what you're saying, and, and, and that's and that's kind of, and you know, a lot of people like to look at the games and kind of predict winners and, and look at the handicapping angle. And so there is, with the draft, a good handicap angle to it uh, when you're when you're picking your team because you're trying to figure out who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Well, you know, it would piss me off if Scott somehow picks the right teams while he's out there in Maui. So. All I can hope for is that Mike Trent will make all the right picks and win everything. <laughs> Rich, uh, you're welcome here anytime, my man. Good luck in the FFPC knocking that thing down. You still have a good team. You had a little bit of a down week last week, but it's been a great year following you. And you've got that satellite team that I was busted out of, and uh, you've got a chance to knock that down. So good luck this weekend, my man. Hey, see you guys. Uh, thanks, Ian, and thanks, Mike, and thanks, Scott. And hopefully uh, everything will go great. And we're we're going to win your playoff thing. I'm just was to asking you a few questions to to start things off. Absolutely appreciate it. Thank you, Rich McClellan, editor at the FPA and high stakes player. Uh, Thanks for calling. And that was Rich McClellan. We've got a question in the chat room from Craig Mastradamus. Mm. Got a lot of high stakes teams here. Which kicker and which defense would you play? Kicker choices, Shane Graham or Larry Tynes? We'll start with that one. Ian, Shane Graham or Larry Tynes? Quick answer. Shane Graham. Tynes is an old slump, man. He's missing a couple field goals last few games. And uh, Coughlin lost trust in him last game. You could tell when he didn't go for a couple forty mid-40 field goals. Shane Graham. And, and then, uh, Mike, I'm not going to ask you because I know you don't play the defenses. Texans at Good home job. against Minnesota or the Washington D against Philly in Philly, uh, Ian, I'll give you that one too. Texans at home against Minnesota, or Washington D against Philly in Philly. Home D. I go with I go with Houston home defense. I, I don't love pick the home defense over the road D. I love it. I go home all the time with that. Mm-hmm. Big... Okay, we're going to finish up trust or bust real quick. Denarius Moore versus Carolina. Bad week last week. What do you do? Trust or bust him this week, Ian? Bust. Carson is looking at Streeter more and. Has lost faith in Daenerys Moore, so he's a bust. Terrible. It's terrible to see this guy. He's so talented. Mike, uh, trust or bust, Daenerys Moore? I want to try trusting this week. Uh, you know, I think they might go uh, downfield, and uh, there might be something happening with them. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against you. I, I'm, I, Ian, I'm going against you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust uh, Daenerys Moore. And I'm going to bust him as well. I think Carolina's uh, secondary is a little underrated. They, they're about another year or two away from being a playoff team. Stafford versus Atlanta. Stafford had a terrible week last week. Could not get anything going against Arizona. They bottled him up and made him look terrible. And you don't have a number two wide receiver option in Detroit. And that offense just kind of breaks apart. 
Now he plays Atlanta in a big Saturday game tomorrow. Ian, we got to get together for this one. Trust or bust, yep. Matt Stafford. God, boy, that's a tough one with with Durham and Scheffler and a bunch of other garbage. <laughs> you know, you can only throw to Calvin so much. It's difficult, and I think he struggled last week, not because of the game plan or, or how the defense was playing, but more because he just doesn't have a lot of talent uh, a receiver and, and, and tight end. So, you know, depending on your options, I would never personally bench Stafford. Um but if you have a, another option with a great matchup, you'd at least consider it. But I, I just, I personally don't bench Stafford. But man, the the talent on his offense just scares the crap out of me right now. I mean, it's awful. Yeah. Mike Stafford, uh, Stafford or your guy Bradford? What would you do? Would you would you would you have the 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 nuts there to pull it up, pull it on uh, Stafford and put Bradford in? I would. <laughs> I go 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 ahead, you know. I'm sorry. No, that was oh, for you. Oh no, Mike. I was just laughing, man. That's a tough one. <laughs> that was for you, Mike. Uh, I would go ahead and uh, I would start Stafford this week. Okay. Uh, All right. The reason is, uh, you know, Vegas don't lie. The over number is fifty-one. I think there's right. going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, I think Lashore, which that's uh, that's a name we haven't brought up uh, tonight, but uh, Mikel Lashore, I think he's good for one. Uh, I think. Uh, Bradford's uh, good for, uh, you know, a couple others. So I, I, I really feel like you can trust uh, Sam uh, or Matthew Stafford. You know, that's one thing I do like about you, Mikey. You always bring the degenerate gambler out in me. And, and you, you bring up the over-unders and, and the Vegas, and that's what I love about you. I love about you, Mikey. Greg Jennings versus Tennessee. He's been a bust. Uh, Mike, do you trust or bust him in Week 16? I got to bust him. Just because I need James Jones. All right, Ian. I trust him. I think I think I think they need to force some chemistry and and get that connection going before the playoffs. I think they need Jennings to go far in the playoffs. And you know we were talking about that with the James Jones thing earlier. And I think he and Jennings need to get on the same page. So I, I think they're going to make an effort to go to him. So well, I I'll trust him. I'll give you one like this: Greg Jennings or T. Y. Hilton. <sighs> oh. Oh. That make you mm. lose some sleep? No, that make you lose some sleep, right? That's 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 definitely that's definitely a tough one. I just in my heart believe that they're really going to try and get Jennings involved this week. They they need him in the playoffs, and uh, but Hilton's proven himself, and they're playing Kansas City. It's just awful. So let me, uh, that, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, you know, let, let me throw one other real quick. I know we're going through uh, bus and trust, and I, I appreciate everything you're throwing at at me, uh, Ian uh, Scott. Uh, this means a lot to me, man. Uh, I need one of these four. Nick Ballard, Brandon Gibson, Andre Roberts, or what about Gronkowski? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that's well, a million-dollar that's, that's million question, really. Yeah. What are you going to get out of Gronkowski? I mean, there's a lot of people with him on their team, and they're they're trying to figure that question out. You know, and if you know, Adam Schefter's usually right. And, you know, I, I hate to mention that guy, but to be honest, he's, he's normally right. And he says they're – you know, they're going to play him sparingly until week 17. So, you know, with that scenario, I personally would trust Vic Ballard more than those other guys. Yeah. Vic Ballard um, versus uh, Brandon Gibson? Yeah, yep. I'm, a, I'm a big Vic Ballard guy this week. I've heard that He's he will great. not play. Gronk is not supposed to play, and that came from Greg Rosenthal. So, you know, he's you know he's a pretty respectable uh, uh, writer there, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a very big fan of Vic Ballard this week. Look, he's the only option there. He looked really good against Houston, and that's a very tough run D. He looked excellent. 
He's the feature back. Brown and second year back. Delone Carter not uh, practicing. Chiefs rush D ranked 27th. Only a 10% chance of bad weather. I think I think this game is a big time Vic Ballard day, and mm-hmm. uh, big a big day for the Colts in general. So guys, look, it's getting late. We've only got five minutes left. We're not going to get to nearly anything that we wanted to do. Let's go ahead and hit uh, what we can here, Ian. In the FFWC, your contest, 78 teams made the chase for the 200 grand. It's a three. You know, there's a lot of teams that have a chance, but there's three horses here that have really kind of stood out. Matt Bailey, 36 point lead. Stephen. Mm-hmm. Number two, he's down 36. And then Joe Jefferson, down 49. And I just want to look at week 16 for each of these guys. Matt Bailey has RG3. He's back, and he's primed to help Matt in this championship game. And if RG3 is back, you got to like Matt's chances to win this 200 grand. I think so. I mean, I look at his team, and he's got a little lead, and he's got a great team. Yeah, I mean, a really, really solid team. And, you know, you look down the list, and he's got solid contributors. And, and it's going to be tough for these other guys to catch him, I think. And, this, you know, look, any time you get the kind of points you get out of Seahawks defense like he's gotten, um, you know, that, that really launches you. And I, I think he's got a, tough, I think he's got a great team, and it's going, to, it's going to be tough to catch. Although I would say that uh, Steven Japenka has a couple guys on his team that have some upside. You know that they, they, they could really come out. CJ Spiller can put up those thirty-some point games. Right. You know, and, and you got you got a couple guys like that. He needs Denario Alexander to bounce back, assuming he starts him. But you know, you got he's got a couple difference makers, and, and I think he can catch him. I, I think I think Joe's got a tough road. You know, Joe Joe's obviously a ways back and got an extremely tough road. Um, but I, I think Steven's got a good chance to catch him, and and I'm excited to watch that leaderboard and watch those guys jockey back and forth. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, Mike, just to get you up to speed, uh, for Matt Bailey, he had um, Brandon Lloyd. On, he has Brandon Lloyd on this team that's kind of helped him plug into that spot. And with, with a team like RG3, Foster, mm-hmm. Gonzalez, Marshall, Roddy White, Decker, Brandon Lloyd, he's got Wilson and D'Angelo and the Seahawks D. You can see why a team like that is number one overall. But number two, Steven Japinka, like you said, Tom Brady, Brandon Lloyd, Aaron Hernandez. It's the trio. It's the triple threat. And what a second mm-hmm. performance for those three guys. Now, the one thing that he has, and again, I've got to mention this, he had MJD and Percy Harvin on that team that he yep. lost, and he's in this number yep. two spot. So the question for him is, he put Denario Alexander in last week. He had James Jones on the bench, Mike. And so now he has to make up his mind. Does he put Alexander in that scored zero, or does he put James Jones back in? And with with Malcolm Floyd being out and Matthews being out, that Denario Alexander's got to be So it's going to be a tough question for Steve. And then, like you said, Joe Jefferson, look, he has a great team. It's loaded with Newton and Lynch and Moreno and Marshall, Antonio Brown, Jimmy Graham, Amendola. And I highly doubt his kicker, Larry Tynes, gets another goose egg. So he's another team with James Jones. It's likely he or Josh Gordon, but – there's a lot of teams in this thing, man. That's just the top three. It's going to be so much fun watching these games uh, with you, Ian. It's going to be it's going to be a blast as we usher this in and crown a champion. So thank you. We've got one minute left in the show, Ian. Closing remarks, man. Yeah. Well, okay. Real quick. Real quick. My big team this year, and I, listen to me. I, I really appreciate this year everybody's support with our tournament and everything we've done. And you know, if if I could thank everybody personally. I would do it. And I just think that everybody uh, really hung in there with us. And, and we, we had our challenges, and we really want to improve our contest. And we really like to hear from everybody. 
And if people have comments or feedback on things that we think we can improve, we're all ears. We want to make a great contest in 2013. So if I could just leave with one parting comment, it would be, you know, we really want to reach out to everybody. Please give us your feedback, right? We know we made some mistakes. How can we do better? What can we do better? We want to hear those things. Uh, well, that's the first thing I'd say. And, you know, just and real quick, and, I, and I'm sorry, is that it, is it my son and I have a fantasy team, and, we're, and I hosted 13 kids from Indiana this year in the Little League World Series, and we have a we have a 14-team league we're playing. And my son is in the finals, and if he wins, all these Indiana kids have to wear pink shirts to school that say, I'm a fantasy loser. And if one of those kids wins, then they get an Xbox. And my son's in the finals tomorrow. And so I have one start-sit question for everybody. <laughs> he needs to start two running backs. He's got Joyka Bell, Bryce Brown, Michael Bush, Jared McFadden, Beanie Wells, D'Angelo, and Woodhead. If people would just give me their two guys, I would really appreciate it. My son would appreciate it. Uh, this is the one team that I get to root for this year, <laughs> as funny as that sounds. And to be honest, I've really missed playing high stakes this year. It's, it's, uh, there's a hole in my stomach, a hole in my heart, to be honest. And uh, um, I'd like to jump back in next year if at all possible. And it, it's just uh, not having a horse in a race and watching all the games has been nice uh, for my anxiety level. <laughs> but believe me, I would love nothing more than to have some teams in the hunt and have something to root for tomorrow. And everybody that does, I feel you're, you're very fortunate, and I'm very jealous. So You're going to have to give us a chance. We can post it. You said Joyce Bell, D. Will. Yep, Joyce Bell, Bryce Brown, Michael Bush, who's awful, uh, McFadden, Beanie Wells, D'Angelo, and Woodhead. Okay. My son, my son needs two of them. So if anybody's feedback very appreciated. Right. My, my, well, we, my son, we, JR, he'll, he'll appreciate it, too. We'll post that on our Facebook wall. Michael Bush is on IR now, so you can eliminate yeah. that. Yep. And uh, we've got uh, we've got six in there. Mikey, uh, closing thoughts? Uh, I appreciate what you had to say, Ian. Uh, you know, it means a lot to uh, the, the entire fantasy uh, football world, and I uh, appreciate that. Uh, I'm just uh, looking forward to a great, uh, a great Sunday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you're just on the edge of your seat, and uh, you're you're hoping for everything that you can get out of each and every player. Um, it's going to be kind of unique for me because I'm not normally off work on a Sunday, but uh, I am this Sunday because I planned ahead and uh, knew that uh, this could maybe uh, maybe be my my ticket to to Vegas and to some other things. So I'm just, I just hope that uh hope everybody uh, stays healthy and I hope it's a good good mm-hmm. week. Mike, good luck Absolutely. to you in your, uh, in your Kentucky league. Ian, we will talk to you in the morning, my man. And Absolutely. Uh, hey, thanks for having me Aloha. on, guys. Appreciate it. Aloha. Aloha. Yeah, Aloha. <laughs> hey, I Aloha. appreciate you guys having me on and, and and hey, you know, whether it's your home league, a high stakes league, Smaller price league. Good luck, everybody. Don't rip your hair out. <laughs> have fun and enjoy the fact you're in the hunt. So have Ian a good time, Richie. everyone. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Ian Richie, Thank Mike, you, Ian. Chris, and Scott. Right, Mike, good luck, we'll Mike. See you guys next year on Red vs. Blue. We'll see you. Good.
Kalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Melikilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Melikilikimaka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land. 